You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Are you ready to break free from the chains of anxiety, stress, and depression? Mike Moore, author and founding pastor of Faith Chapel and host of the How to Win podcast, is here with his new book, Help, My Mind is Under Attack. Learn how to overcome attacks on your mind and live an emotionally healthy life. Grab your copy now, available as ebook on Amazon and paperback on MikeMoore.com. Embark on your journey to complete mental health and emotional peace. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. I'm so glad to have you with us. I am in my prosperity edition of the How to Win. It's great. I began a series entitled The Believer's Covenant of Wealth. The series theme that that goes through the entire uh, episodes uh, is material wealth is important in God's plan for man. This is our fourth episode. We're talking about you as a believer having a covenant of wealth. Now, in our first three episodes, I wanted to talk about covenant because that's a word that we don't often use, what it is, why it's important, the nature of covenant. We dealt with that in episode one. Episode two, we talked about the steps to entering into a blood covenant. And then in our last episode, we brought Abraham into the picture And we talked about how God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. Now, in this episode, the fourth episode, we're going to talk about the wealth component and how wealth is a part of the Abrahamic covenant. Now, I know uh, because I pastored, <coughs> pardon me, I pastored for 42 years and eight months. Uh, my son is now the lead pastor of the church that I founded. But I'm teaching and I've been released now to coach and to mentor. So I have an understanding of how people think, especially in the church, especially in the body of Christ, about material wealth and and how the public, those who are outside of the church, thinks about material wealth. And, And I do understand that many think that attaching material wealth to Christianity and and to the believer's uh, destiny journey, they think uh, in a negative way about it. And and in fact, they, they, in a disparaging way, call it the prosperity gospel. I don't believe in that prosperity gospel or that name it, claim it gospel. And, And unfortunately, many people think that when you talk about material wealth and connect it to a benefit of a believer, 
they consider it some extraneous gospel. You know, it, it, it's unrelated, uh, it's irrelevant, and in fact, many believe that it's false doctrine. Now, listen, if that's your position, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna debate you. I'm not gonna debate you. You have a right to have that position. But for those of you who want to know truth, not opinion, not theology, not man's opinion, I'm going to walk you through the scriptures, not my opinion, and I'm going to show you from the Bible that material wealth is connected to the Abrahamic covenant. And if that's true, then material wealth is connected to the Christian, to the believer. So let's talk about it. The Abrahamic covenant and material wealth is our subtopic today. I want to give you three power statements as we introduce uh, this episode. Number one, material wealth is essential to the establishment of the Abrahamic covenant. Material wealth is essential to the establishment of the Abrahamic covenant. Number two, material wealth is a benefit included in the Abrahamic covenant. And then number three, the power to get wealth is released on the platform of covenant. Now, I'll say that again, and I want you to think of material wealth. We're not talking about spiritual wealth. We're talking about material wealth. The power to get wealth is released on the platform of covenant. It's not released on the platform of ethnicity. It's not released on the platform of education. It's not released on the platform of age or gender or environment or economic status. It is released on the platform of covenant. Now, I want to give Bible proof texts for these statements that I've made. Let's go back to what God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. God said to Abraham, I will bless you. I will bless you. And that word bless, and we'll expand it in this session. That word bless means to empower, to prosper, to empower, to prosper. It means to cause to flourish. It means to make rich. And in our last episode, God, we said that it means to make you rich in every area, to make rich. That word bless means to endue with power to produce well-being in every area of life. Now, let's see, and we proved it last time, let's see, did God bless Abraham with material wealth? And we bring in the wealth component in, in this talk, and I'll talk today about the Abrahamic covenant. We talked about it in general in our, our third episode, but in this episode, I want to bring the component and the aspect of material wealth into this covenant. 
I am saying it material wealth is essential to the establishment of the Abrahamic covenant. Now, let's see that God bless Abraham with material wealth. In Genesis 24, verse 35, in the New Living Translation, it reads, And the Lord has greatly blessed my master. This is Abraham's ser servant speaking. He has become a wealthy man. The Lord, not the devil, the Lord has given him flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, fortune in silver and gold, and many male and female servants and camels and donkeys. Now, when you look at the list, it is obvious that material wealth, not spiritual, material wealth was a part of this Abrahamic covenant. And that's why God blessed Abraham with material wealth. Now, let's move forward and let's talk about when God brought Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Let's talk about the deliverance of God's people, Israel, out of Egyptian bondage. They were in bondage for over 430 years. Now listen, Exodus chapter 2, verse 24 through 25. Let's look at it in the New Living Translation. God heard the groaning and he remembered the covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked out on the people of Israel and he knew it was time to act. Now that's interesting because the Bible says, and, 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 and history validates that Israel was in over 400 years of Egyptian bondage. People lived and died in bondage. And here it says that God heard the groanings of his people. Well, I submit to you, they were groaning from the very first year of bondage because it was hard and tough being a slave in Egypt. But here it says that he heard their groanings. I submit to you that he heard their groanings all through the 400 years of slavery. But this text in verse 24 says he heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant. That tells me that it's possible to groan and to suffer and to complain and, and, and to do all those things and yet not put God in remembrance of covenant. So at some, at some point, somebody finally remembered, we have a covenant with Abraham. We have a covenant. We have a right to be free. We have a right to be delivered. In fact, God said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless those who bless you and I'm going to curse those who curse you. And it's obvious that the Egyptian, uh, the Egyptian throne and it's, that nation was against God's 
people and held them in bondage. So God says, I'm going to come against those who come against you. But it was covenant. See, these promises are released on the base of covenant. They're not released on the base of suffering and pain and need. They're released on the basis of covenant. So somebody reminded God finally reminded God of the covenant that they had with Abraham. And then the Bible says God remembered his covenant. He promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, had God forgotten his covenant? No, no. God said in the scripture, remind me, put me in remembrance of what I've said. So somebody reminded God and the Bible says God remembered and he realized it is time to Act. See, God acts on covenant. Now let's look at how he brought those people out of bondage. Exodus 3, 20, in the New Living Translation. It says, so I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians. Why? Because they're coming against his people. And God says, I curse those who curse you. I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then uh, then at last he will let you go, referring to Pharaoh. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty handed. Now notice here. God didn't just want them to leave Egyptian. He did not want them to leave empty handed. So let's let's look at the text and see what he wanted them to leave with. He said, every Israelite woman will ask for articles. If you study that word, ask, it means demand articles of silver and gold fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons, that's Jewish sons, Israelite sons, and your daughters with these, with what? The clothes, the fine clothes, the silver and the gold. And, and he says, with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. He, God said, now, I'm going to deliver you but you're going to not leave out empty handed. And he said, we're going to strip Egypt of his wealth. You say, well, can God do that? Yes, he can do that because the Bible says the silver is here, the gold is here. He can do what he wanted. Egyptians were just possessing. They didn't own it. They possessed what belonged to God. And God says, I'm going to take it from the Egyptians. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Now, listen, material wealth is a benefit included in the Abrahamic covenant. God didn't just deliver them. He could have just delivered them and they could have went out naked with nothing. But he didn't want them delivered with nothing. He said, you shall not go out empty handed. I want you to have a silver. I want you to have a gold. I want you to have the fine clothing. That's material things. So God brought them out. But the covenant includes material wealth. So God stripped the Egyptians so that they could, his people could have material things because material things are a part of the covenant. Now, let's look at Psalms 105. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. I'm going to give you a bunch of witnesses. Psalm 105, verse 37, in the New Living Translation, it says, the Lord brought his people out of Egypt loaded with silver and gold. He brought them out loaded. 
Well, if material wealth is un, uh, irrelevant, if material wealth is unnecessary, why would God bring these people out? And why would the scripture, why would the Holy Spirit uh, who inspired the word, why would he make emphasis on the fact that they came out loaded with silver and gold? If silver and gold is irrelevant, if immaterial, it is false, it is no good, we shouldn't have anything to do with it, we shouldn't talk about it, why would God do that? Come on, talk to me. Why would God bring these people out with silver and gold if the silver and gold was not necessary? If the silver and gold was not a part of the covenant, all he had to do was deliver them, he could have delivered them, and, and they just walked out free with nothing, but he didn't want that. Psalms 105, 37 says that material wealth is, it shows and proves that material wealth is essential to the establishment of the Abrahamic covenant. Let's look at another uh, witness, Leviticus 26, verse 9 through 13. Now, listen to what he says. I will look favorably upon you. He's talking to his people, making you fertile and multiplying your people. And I will fulfill my covenant with you. So he's talking to his people as they enter into this promised land. He said, I'm going to fulfill my covenant. Well, let's see what's material prosperity connected to it. You will have such a surplus of crops that you will need to clear out the old grain to make room for the new harvest. Wow. He says, I'm going to bless you with so much that you're going to have to clear out your old closets. You're going to have to, you're going to have to give some of that stuff that you got to other folk. You're going to have to make space and make room so that I can fill your space. Oh, God is talking to you. You got to clear out some room. You got to make some space in your accounts, in your closets, and your deposit areas, and your storage places. You got to clear out some stuff and make room for God to fill it up. He says, I want you to clear out the old grain to make room for the new harvest and I will live among you and I will not despise you. I will walk among you and I will be your God and you will be my people. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt so you would no longer be their slaves. I broke the yoke of slavery from your neck so you can walk with your head held high. Listen, God wants you to walk with your head held high. He doesn't walk, he wants you walking around with your head all down. But now notice here, God, now they are no longer in Egypt and he's not talking about the wilderness. He's talking about the land, the promised land. He says, I'm going to multiply you and, and make your land fertile. And he says, I'm going to fulfill my covenant. Listen at that. Did you hear that? I'm going to fulfill my covenant. What? That What covenant? That covenant of wealth. He wasn't talking about spiritual stuff. He was saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you materially and financially, and I want you to clear out your spaces so you can bring in some new stuff. He's talking about stuff. God is not opposed to you prospering in a material way. I'm just reading the Bible for you. Proverbs 22, 7 
And, uh, and the ESV translation says the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Now think about that. Here God says, he said, now I, I brought you out of Egypt because I didn't want you to be a slave. I brought you out of Egypt because I didn't want you to be a slave. I brought you out of Egypt so you would no longer be a slave. Well, you can be a slave financially. If God did not want them to be a slave in Egypt, then God wouldn't want you to be a slave financially. And the Bible says the rich rules over the poor, and that is a reality. And the borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. God doesn't want you to be a slave. He wants you to be delivered. Now watch this. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Now you getting anything out of this? This is good. Oh, I know I'm getting blessed. See, the Abrahamic covenant includes material wealth. Now let's look at another text. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. I'm going to read this text in several translations. Several translations. This is good stuff, man. I'm serious. I'm serious. I believe God is delivering somebody. I believe God is delivering you from your, your unrenewed mind. I, I believe God is delivering somebody from an antagonism. You, 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 you have had an antagonistic mindset against material prosperity. You thought it was something ugly and something bad. No, 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 no. I'm reading the Bible. Watch this. Deuteronomy 8.18 in the New King James Version. Let's read it there first. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Now, let's stop right there. He said, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Now, notice, God is speaking to his people. These are descendants of Abraham. And he says, it's God that gives you the power to get wealth. No, 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 not Satan. Not Satan. He said, it is God that gives you the power to get wealth. Well, that tells me right away, wealth inherently is not ugly, bad, wrong, false. No, 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 no. It's what you do with the wealth. It's how you use the wealth. It's how the wealth impacts your attitude and your mindset. No, 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 no. It's like gas. Gas is not inherently bad. You put gas in your car, you know, and you drive your automobile with gas. But gas is amoral, just, just like wealth is amoral. You can sprinkle gas on somebody's property and burn it down. But that didn't make the gas bad. It was just the person using the gas. See, wealth is not bad. It's how you use it, how it impacts you. In fact, the Bible said, let them that are rich be not high-minded. See, see, wealth can impact you a certain way, but you don't have to allow it to do that. This text says that God gives men the power to get wealth. Why? Why? That he may establish his covenant. Now, now let's stop. Let's not add anything. Let's not take anything. Let's not add our opinion to it. Let's just read the naked word. 
and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to give wealth that or so that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers. That's Abraham as it is today. So now notice it says that God is giving you the power to get wealth to establish the covenant. Now that tells me that that covenant must be a covenant of wealth. It, it, wealth must be essential to the covenant, and that's why God is giving you the power to get it, because it's essential to the covenant. Now watch this. So let's read this in the, the New Century Version. Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, But remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you the power to become rich. Keeping the agreement he promised to your ancestors as it is today. So this text says that God gives you the power to become rich so that he can keep the agreement that he made with Abraham. So it's apparent that God promised Abraham to make him rich. Now let's look at this verse. Deuteronomy 18 in the New International Reader's Version, it says, but remember the Lord your God, he gives you the ability to produce wealth that shows he stands by the terms of his covenant. He promised it with an oath to your people long ago, and he is still faithful to his covenant today. Now listen at that. Notice this text says, that the Lord gives you the ability to produce wealth and giving you the ability to produce wealth shows that he, God, stand by the terms of the covenant. Stand by the terms of the covenant. So the terms of the covenant must include material wealth. And it says, because he's still faithful to his covenant and he's faithful to his covenant today. So we see from these different translations that material wealth is essential to the establishment of the Abrahamic covenant. We've learned that God promises were given to Abraham and his seed. And we've learned that God's covenant is everlasting. Now, I, I want to conclude with these remarks. I want to I want to conclude now. I'm running out of time, but I, I got to conclude with these remarks. And you got to I want you to listen very carefully. Come up real close. Come up real close. Get your pen. Get ready to write or take your device. And, and, and I want you to I want you to text this. I want I want you to put this down somewhere you, where you can remember it. Number one, I'm concluding this, this episode. As Christians, our spiritual blessings come through our relationship with Jesus. Now write that down. Put that somewhere. Put it on your phone, on your computer, your iPad. Write it down in your notes. As Christians, our spiritual blessings come through our relationship with Jesus. That's Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places through Jesus Christ. Now, notice that Ephesians 1, 3 says that we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in Jesus. So in Jesus, 
our relationship with Jesus, we receive our spiritual blessings. Now, number two, write this down, put this in your notes. As Christians, our material blessings come through our relationship with Abraham. As Christians, our material blessings come through our relationship with Abraham. That's why Galatians 3.29 says that if you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now notice Ephesians 1 connects us to Jesus and our spiritual blessings. Galatians 3.29 connects us to Abraham and it connects us to our material blessings. Now watch this. Number three, write this down. Put this somewhere. Put this somewhere. God wants his children to be blessed spiritually and materially. He wants us to be blessed spiritually and materially in a natural way with things. He wants you to be blessed with spiritual things and material things. That's why the Bible says in eight, Hebrews 8, 6, that's why we have a better covenant. It's a better covenant than the old covenant because the old covenant, they had a promise of wealth, material wealth, but nobody under the old covenant was saved. Nobody under the old covenant was born again because Jesus had not come and had not died. Now watch this. Under the new covenant, Jesus came, gave his life. He died for us. So we have a right to have a relationship, a spiritual relationship with God. But even under this new covenant where we're blessed spiritually, in every way, peace, joy, happiness, righteousness, in every way. The Bible under New Covenant in Galatians 3, 13, 14, and 29 connects us to Abraham, even under this New Covenant. And the reason it connects us to this is because God wanted us to also have access to material prosperity, that's why the Bible says that the new covenant is better because it's, it's natural plus spiritual. It's material, it's plus spiritual. It, God added to us in the new covenant. We had material wealth through Abraham, but he added to us spiritual wealth through Jesus Christ. That's why it's better. See, 50 cents is less than a dollar. But 50 cent is included in a dollar. So the new covenant is like a dollar. The old covenant is like 50 cent had wealth. Under the new covenant, we have a spiritual life and benefits. So when you add material wealth to spiritual benefits, that's a dollar. It's better than the 50 cents. It's a better covenant. Now, I close with this text, Romans 8, 32. It says, who he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The Bible says that God gave his own son, Jesus, for us 
to deliver us, bring us out of Egyptian bondage, if you want to use that analogy, that comparison. He wanted to bring us out of bondage. He gave his only son. But this text, Romans 8.32, it says, with him, he delivered him, but with him. Now, the word with him means accompanied by him. In other words, God gave us Jesus, but with him. See, my, my daughter Tiffany uh, directs my podcast, and she's with me right now. She's with me right now. She's helping me right now. But my daughter Tiffany is not me, and I'm not Tiffany. The Bible says that God gave Jesus, but with him, with him. So this is not Jesus, this with him, this with Jesus. Also, the word also means in addition. In other words, in addition to Jesus, with Jesus, in addition to Jesus, he has freely given us all things. Romans 8, 2. He freely given us all things. Now, don't mess with that. Don't, don't tell me those all things are just spiritual. Because if you tell me that all things are spiritual in Romans 8, 32, and does not include material, then I'm going to take you to Matthew 6, 33, and it says... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is spiritual. And then he said, all these things shall be added to all these things shall be added. And we know that the things that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6 is not spiritual. He says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, what you shall put on. When he talks about all these things in Matthew 6, 33, he's talking about material things. So if he's talking about material things in Matthew 6, 33, why do we remove spiritual um, why do we remove material things from Romans 8.32? If material things is a part of Matthew 6.33, material things will have to be included in Romans 8.32. Listen, I know you got that. I know you got that. In fact, light bulbs are coming on. I, I see you dancing in your, in your office, around your office. You, you're doing a Jericho dance. I see you in your house. You, you, you about to fall on the floor and worship God. You shout, you shout right now because this word is hitting your spirit. It's hitting your spirit. Listen, I got to go. But we are not through. We got much more to talk about. This Abraham covenant is your covenant, and the believers has a covenant of wealth. Listen, I love you. Go back and listen to all four of these episodes and get it down in your spirit. I love you. Look forward to seeing you next time. Are you ready to break free from the chains of anxiety, stress, and depression? Mike Moore, author and founding pastor of Faith Chapel and host of the How to Win podcast, is here with his new book, Help, My Mind is Under Attack. Learn how to overcome attacks on your mind and live an emotionally healthy life. Grab your copy now, available as ebook on Amazon and paperback on MikeMoore.com. Embark on your journey to complete mental health and emotional peace.
Thank you.